Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to Minisode number 61 on the More Than Fitness Podcast. As always, we have an amazing topic today. Today's topic, this is subject to change the title. It's kind of a mouthful, but it's five lessons about diet and exercise I wish I knew when I started. Now, most of you guys listening probably aren't just now starting out on your fitness journey, but I think that some of these you may still be doing, or you may want to tweak something as far as how you think about something, how you program something, et cetera, et cetera, all that fun stuff, right? So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the first one. The first one is speed is way more important than perfection. I did a little bit of this whenever I, I first, so like whenever I first got started with, with lifting weights, I went in the gym and I just went around to all the machines that one that looked like I could actually do them without looking like an idiot, right? You just look at the, um, you just look at the little pictures up on the machine. You're like, okay, this is a preacher curl biceps do this with my arm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay here for like 16 sets, uh, for the entire day. But yeah, so it's basically, I went around to each machine. I was like, all right, this is for chest. This is for biceps. Okay. Triceps. I looked around Oh, that big dude over there has big arms. I'm going to go do that exercise when he's finished, you know? So, so that, I think that that is speed, right? I just, I was like, okay, I, I want to be bigger. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go in the gym and I'm going to try and just go around and do some nonsense. Uh, and I think that that was fine, but it actually happened whenever I got a little bit more into things and I kind of have that personality now. Uh, for example, I wanted to start running and I was looking up videos on like heel striking and then like how my arms were supposed to be positioned, how I was supposed to position my my hands. Was I supposed to make a fist? Was I put, supposed to put like my thumbs over over my hand, over my fingers or whatever? Like how was I supposed to how was I supposed to optimize my run? And, and so this is a little bit of advice to myself with, with other areas. Uh, but for some of you, you may try to optimize things too quickly whenever you're first starting out, or maybe you're, you're optimizing right now and trying to find that perfect plan is what's actually holding you back. So many people are like, okay, I need to find the perfect push-pull legs split or the perfect upper-lower split for four days a week. Uh, but then they fall off track on the second day and then instead of just going on to the next workout, they're like, oh, shit, I need to make sure that I can do all four days in a row and make sure that this plan is is perfectly. Yeah. So that's whenever people would buy like a PDF or some type of workout plan or something like, OK, Monday, I do this. Wednesday, I do this. Friday, I do this. But then maybe Wednesday, something came up and they had to push it to Thursday. But then they have to do the 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 Wednesday workout on Thursday, and then they also have to work on Friday and they're going to be sore. So then they just say, OK, screw it. I'll start again next week. And then instead of getting in three total workouts throughout the week, who gives a shit what order it's in? They only got in one workout that week. So what I'm getting at here is that just doing shit consistently, even if it's not perfect, is going to get you way better results than being perfect for 20% of the time, right? Instead of spinning your wheels, getting on and off track, getting on the horse, getting off the horse, going on your diet, getting off the diet, on your workout plan, off your workout plan, just keep doing shit consistently, right? If you can't, uh, if you can't get to the gym that day, that's okay. 
just dial things down a notch and go go for a walk instead. That's okay. Do a hundred push-ups in your office. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of trying to figure out, okay, how can I make sure that I do this plan exactly for this entire week, spaced out these days at this timing between these two meals, right? It's just fucking keep doing shit. And if as long as you make sure that you keep doing shit that's pretty intelligent 80% of the time, over time, you're going to see pretty damn good results. The best people, uh, the the best looking people in the gym, the people who are the strongest, the people who look the best, um, those are the people that have been in the gym for the longest periods of time, typically, and or they're genetic freaks and or taking steroids. Um, so for the most part, though, whenever you see someone bigger in the gym, it, it's likely that they've just been lifting longer than you have. And if they've been lifting longer and smarter than you have, then of course they're going, they're going to look that way. But the lesson, the first lesson I want to get through is speed is way more important than perfection. Don't worry about fucking up. Don't worry about being perfect. Just get back on track the very next opportunity that you have, whether that's the next day, the next meal, the next workout, it doesn't matter. Just keep doing something consistently and you'll see great results. Okay. Number two is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And now I'm definitely guilty of this one. Back in the day, I I got into carb backloading. Now, if any of you guys know what this is, uh, you you will understand about how popular this was at a certain period of time. It was probably you know five years ago or something like that. But carb backloading, real quick, it's all based around insulin. It's this program that this guy named John Kiefer made up, and he essentially cherry picked a bunch of research that I was too young and naive to understand, but I was like, oh, this dude's jacked. He's He sounds really smart and charismatic. He was a good writer. He, he listed a bunch of evidence and things, at least what I thought was credible evidence. And then I later find out that he's basically full of shit and that maybe not completely full of shit, but he was definitely twisting his words and, and cherry picking some of the literature to sell this product and this program that he so highly regards as like the holy grail of diet and exercise. And of course, like I didn't know anything about sales, about marketing. Uh, I was just, I was naive and I was like, oh shit. So I can just eat protein and fat in the beginning of the day and then I can work out. And then after I work out, I can basically just eat dog shit. I can just eat cinnamon rolls on a regular basis and it'll go straight to muscle mass instead of fat. Uh, so it was all about nutrient timing. And it just, again, looking back, I was just like, how could I think that... And I, I was truly, I truly believed in it. Uh, but then one day, if some, if you know who Lane Norton is, Dr. Lane Norton, he called him like a, um, whatever, like a, a, char, a charlatan or something. And I was like, okay, so now these two people that I really look up to, they, uh, uh, one's calling the other one a liar, basically. And I, then, then my world world's kind of exploded, right? Because I have these two people, I look up to both of them, and now one of them is dissing the other. So I was like, okay, who's right? Uh, so, so yeah, if it, the, the lesson there is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. This goes with, with supplements, things like nutrient partitioner, nutrient partitioners and things like, like carb blockers, uh, or something like that. Most of the time, this stuff is just, well, carb blockers for sure. Just complete nonsense that anything that you're going to find on the market is, unless it's like steroids, you know, steroids work. I will back that up. They, they definitely work. Um, 
But other than that, any type of supplement that talks about increasing testosterone by, you know, whatever, a certain percentage or whatever, it's it's likely very heavily uh, biased because it's just it's marketing. They're trying to sell something uh, and they are uh, they are about to do it to you. So be careful. All right. Number three, getting my nutrition in check consistently. This was whenever whenever I first started out, like I think a lot of you all probably understand that. The training part is typically the easy part as far as doing it consistently, making sure that you go to the gym, especially with with coronavirus. Now that if you if you do have the capability to go back to the gym after that long stretch where you weren't able to go, you're probably like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. Like the gym is part of my routine. It's a little bit of escapism, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, whenever that is is thrown out, then you're like, OK, this is this is much more difficult than I thought to make sure that I stay in shape whenever you can't go to the gym regularly. Um, but for most of you, that part, whenever you do have access to a gym, isn't what's hard. What's hard is making sure uh, the, the the other 23 hours of the day, whenever you're not in the gym, getting your nutrition in check. For example, I remember that I was trying to gain muscle mass. Uh, I was trying to put on weight. And well, what I would do is I would eat big for maybe like one meal. Like I was like, oh, I'm just going to eat a shit ton, right? I'm going to dirty bulk. And I would eat a whole pizza or something and I would have a huge meal at dinner time. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm dude, I eat so much. Uh, why, why am I not gaining weight? But then the next day I would barely be hungry because of that huge meal I had for dinner. Uh, and my body would kind of just counteract itself and I would have a lot of calories on one day, but then the next day I wouldn't be as hungry throughout the day. And I would subconsciously eat less uh, than I normally was because I wasn't, I wasn't tracking anything. I was just kind of going by feel and I was like, okay, I'm going to try to eat more. And if any of you have ever tried that, it's typically, uh, it doesn't work out unless you actually track your food or track your weight or both. You have to have some type of game plan to make sure that you're doing it consistently. Uh, and that's, that's, whenever I started to really see progress was whenever I was like, okay, I'm going to get my nutrition in check. And then whenever, cause the train, like I said, the training part was already ingrained and I trained probably like four to six times per week. And then I got my nutrition in check. And then the, the muscle started to, to pile on because I was like, okay, now I'm actually feeding what I'm doing in the gym. And of course the same thing would go if you're, if you're trying to lose body fat as well, you can be working out like crazy, in the gym, you can be lifting weights and then you're doing cardio afterwards and you're still like, okay, what the hell is going on? But then you're kind of just half-assing your nutrition. Well, that, that's definitely your answer. You've just got to go a little bit further than what you're doing. Uh, and then I think that you will definitely start seeing some better progress there. So instead of just consistently eating well for a couple days, aim for five to six days or, or seven days if you could. Uh, to, and just try to do that more consistently over time. And you'll definitely see better progress. All right. Number four, lesson four. Let's see time. 1053. We're okay. Two more. The fourth one is learning from fewer people. This is what I wish I knew. So two to three experts basically is, is all you need. And, and this again comes from there's so much information out there and referring back to point one, just like speed is way more important than perfection. As long as you find somebody who's pretty credible, ideally they would have like a degree in the field. Um, they are, uh, so, so they're credible with their actual credentials and then also they're credible 
as far as anecdotal evidence, meaning for themselves, they so they look good and or they also coach other people. They've gotten other people in shape with their me- methods and 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 what they preach. I, I think that those those are definitely two good indicators. And then the third one would be, are they a good person? Like, do they seem to, to care about the people they interact with and then the information they put out and possibly even their customers? If they sell something, what do their customers say? Uh, all of those things are, are going to give you a good indicators. Okay, this person is probably worth following. And if you follow a couple people and their, their, their outlooks on diet and exercise are vastly different, well, then you've got to figure out, okay, which one, which one is right? Like I, I referred to uh, in the second one with car backloading, I had two people that I looked up to and then one of them said the other one was wrong. And I was like, okay, well, I've got to figure out who's, who's more right here. And, and, and Lane Norton was definitely more right. Um, so, so yeah, whenever you're, you're trying to find good information to follow, find two to three people and then just stick with them because most things work, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Maybe someone else is more perfect than they are as far as the the information they give out, but pretty good is going to get you a long, long way. Uh, so pick two to three experts. Don't try to do, uh, different programs, hopping from one thing to the next, hopping from one fad diet to the next. Uh, it's just really going to fuck with your progress. All right. Lesson number five is hiring a coach. Uh, it, this is, this is the, it's just so simple. Like you have a problem that you need solved and there's people out there that you can pay to solve that problem. IE me, uh, or, or anybody else. Like, of course, like, yes, I am a coach, but I'm just saying like, if you, if you hire a good coach, they're going to solve this problem for you. Like if you're, if you're trying to get better at piano, you, you don't try and just sit there and learn the keys and stuff by yourself. No, you hire a piano teacher and then they show you, okay, let's start here. Then we go here. Then you progress to here, right? It's like, that's so, it's so common in other areas of life. But when, with diet and exercise, it just, for some reason, people think that since they probably already exercise on a regular basis and obviously they eat on a regular basis, they can have this greater sense of knowledge than they actually do. Or maybe they saw a headline or two in a certain article or, or whatever. They heard their friend Janet at, at the, at the, uh, at work does X, Y, and Z and it worked great for her. So it's just people have this false sense of knowledge that is just actually hurting them way more than it's helping them. Whenever you hire a coach, you can just save so much time and energy, uh, and just headaches, right. With, with trying to figure out all the shit on your own, they can literally, I can literally walk you through what you need to do in order to reach your goals. It's just, it's literally that simple. Plus like you get the results that you want. Like you, again, you have this problem that needs solved. You can pay someone to solve it. And the, the, the question I always ask people like, is a coach worth it? Is this coach worth it? I'm not going to go into specifics about choosing a coach because that could be an entire podcast by itself. But it's just basically if you're trying to figure out, should I spend this money on 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 this problem? It's like if everything with that, like if you came to sign up to work with me and then you had these certain goals laid out, if I said, hey, I can grant you every single one of these goals immediately from the snap of my fingers, you could be whatever, 20 pounds down, you could have increased confidence, you could know how to do your diet and uh, exercise on your own forever. Like, would you spend this much money per month? Like, or would you pay me this much money right now if I could snap my fingers and give you those results? Would you do that? Like, would you pay that amount? If the answer is yes, then you should definitely hire someone. That's kind of just the, the, the basic, like, is it worth it to you? If they could, if I could solve that problem for you right now and you could pay me this amount, would you do it? And if the answer is yes, then you should definitely do it. It'd be worthwhile. Um, all right. And that is it 
five lessons about diet and exercise I wish I knew when I started. And that is it for mini-sode number 61 on the More Than Fitness Podcast. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening and for watching. See ya. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness Podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at mattmcleod 6 I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, and anything you else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>